Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Shalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava. And it's a Friday, so everybody's excited because it's Friday. Um, kind of sucks because there's not a whole ton that you can do, and everybody's kind of stuck inside. But I don't know. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty nice day here, and. I'm kind of just excited to be able to get closer to summer and at least have the weather get a little bit better and kind of bring everybody's mood up just a little bit. So it's been it's been a good week, uh, a little bit slow. There hasn't been too much going on and there's not a whole mo- lot to do. Um, and that's typical right now just because everybody's stuck inside and a lot of stores are closed and you can't go out to eat anywhere. It's It's kind of rough and I think a lot of people are seeing that and a lot of people are experiencing that. I'm extremely fortunate that I haven't had to be cooped up inside too much because I, I'm still able to go to work and, and things like that. So I've been super blessed. But um, for those people that are stuck inside, I kind of feel for them a lot because one, a lot of them can't work. And so it's hard to provide for their families. And two, it's, uh, it's kind of boring. You know, you're stuck inside, especially if you're in a city where most of the stuff to do involves going walking around the city or going into stores or going to different public places and things like that and all of that's shut down right now so and even people that are in the country a little bit I mean it, a lot of the things that they like to do whether they like to go into the city or into some area and kind of hang out a little bit or whether they like to go to uh, different trails and stuff like that it's just it's a little weird it's it, it's kind of ominous almost so it's it's been strange for sure but um just keep just keep plugging away is kind of what i've been doing and and it'll uh it's hopefully gonna pass soon so anyway it's friday like i said and i'm excited to just be able to hang out a little bit this weekend um maybe go to a couple stores uh kind of hang out with family hang out with my girlfriend um while she's still home so it's been really good to be able to just chill a little bit i think like I touched on, a lot of people are sick of being inside, but I haven't really stopped in a few weeks just because things have been really, really crazy with work and um, with my girlfriend being home and with just so much going on. So it's nice to have the weekends to kind of get some work done on my business and then relax with family and just kind of take it easy. Um, and then the NFL draft is tonight, which I'm super pumped for. I think I said last week on on Thursday that I was excited for the NFL draft. I genuinely was excited to watch the NFL draft that night, and then I went home, and I have no idea why I thought it was that Thursday, but it completely was not the right day. Um, so I was excited to watch it a little bit last night and catch some of the picks that were made. Um, there were a lot of wide receivers that went in the first round. I was super pumped about that because it's always fun seeing offensive players get put into the league and kind of put into a, a big role like the like what is expected of a first-round pick because oftentimes they get to play a little bit more and you can watch the rookies actually play out a little bit their rookie season a little more than you would if they were a second or third round pick. So I enjoy watching that. Um, that's not always the case, but you know it'll be interesting this season, if we have a season, to be able to watch some of those guys perform and uh, to end the, the draft by, with the Chiefs picking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm super excited to watch him and Patrick Mahomes kind of jive together and see how they operate um, and see how he operates in that Andy Reid offense. I think running backs go there to thrive. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to kind of watch them all work together and see how 
he kind of pans out in the NFL. So that's just my little spiel on, on the draft last night. And I'm going to watch a little bit of it tonight too, try and catch some of it, maybe hang out with some family and stuff and just, you know, talk over some of the picks and stuff. So it'll be good. Um, but today I, uh, I went to work and then I went to a couple stores afterwards and now I'm on my way home. I am way out in the middle of nowhere. I'm probably about an hour from my house in an area I've never really been in before. But that's kind of good because I don't think there's a lot of resellers out here. And that kind of works to my benefit a lot because a lot of the items that I'm looking for aren't really taken. So a lot of the bigger stores, if you go into a Walmart or a Target or something, those items are probably gone. And that's what I've been seeing. But some of the smaller stores, I've been able to get some, some things I've been looking for and pick them up and hopefully take them home, list them, and sell them by either today or tomorrow. So it should be good. Um, but the thing that I've been thinking about a lot is a lot of the items that I've been selling, um, especially now, and now's been kind of like Q4 for reselling, where Q4 is the fourth quarter of the year. And if you're not familiar with selling during that time, everything kind of just clicks into place for your business, or at least it feels like it, where you're making a lot more money than normal and people are buying at a higher rate than normal. And it seems like almost anything can sell and everything does sell whenever you're in Q4. It's just because that's around Christmas time. So once people hit that October, November, December time of the year, you have Halloween, then you have Thanksgiving, then you have Christmas. So there's a lot of holidays. People are pretty excited and they're always gearing up for Christmas during Q4. So as soon as you hit that November, right after Thanksgiving, sales start to become uh, everyday occurrence and multiples every day. And, and you can really make a good amount of money during Q4 just because there's a lot of items like kids' toys and stuff that get really hot. And then you can actually find those in stores and sell them on Amazon and eBay and, and just do really well with it. There's a lot of hot and fast moving items during Q4. And that's what it's been like now. And so there's just a lot of things that are, are doing really well resale wise, but a lot of people that I know are experiencing a problem of returns. And so whether it be they, um, whether it be they're getting a return because they didn't send an item that the buyer was satisfied with or whether they sent uh, the wrong item, I've done that before, um, or whether they, they sent an item and the buyer was trying to uh, pull one over on them and get the item for free and they showed, you know, they said that, hey, I never actually got my item. Whatever the case may be, people are always going to have returns in any sort of a business that revolve that involves selling. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I think a lot of people are scared of returns and most of the reselling podcasts and things that I've listened to haven't really touched too much on it until some of the later episodes where they are kind of scraping for things to talk about and they're like well we should talk about returns but for me when I first started out I was pretty intimidated by returns because I didn't really know what that involved I didn't have a lot of money invested in the business and I didn't have a lot of money that I'd made from it so you know to lose well I take that back I had more money invested than I'd made and that was because I was first starting out so to take a $250 pair of shoes that I bought and have them returned to me and they had been worn, that is something that I was pretty afraid of just because I didn't really know how I was gonna deal with that. I mean, 
it's simple. You pay for it and you move on. But especially now when people are trying to find money and it's been harder and harder for people to come across money for themselves and their family, maybe sometimes it's not that easy to cover a return for a $200, $300 object. I mean, even $50 objects, it just returns in general suck because you lose out on the sale and they're super disappointing. You think that you made a sale on whatever you sold, whether it's a a high profit item or whether it's just a regular, you know, you're making a couple, maybe a couple bucks on it, but whatever it is, you don't want to have to deal with it. And a lot of times uh, what I have found is that for myself, returns generally are better for me whenever I am Hold on, let me check this here. Just trying to make sure I'm going the right way. But returns typically work out better for me whenever I um, whenever I kind of let the buyer keep the item because a lot of the stuff that I actually buy is um, typically from garage sales and stuff. So what ends up happening is you know I spend three bucks on an item, I sell it for eighteen bucks, and then the buyer hates the item and they said, hey, you sent me the wrong item or you lied about it or whatever. I want to send it back for a refund. Well, okay, I spent two bucks on it. I'm gonna have to cover the return shipping if they say that I lied about the item or something like that. And so at that point, it just makes sense to say, hey, look, I understand you're not happy with the item. You can keep it, I'll refund you the money because I only lose out on a couple bucks and then whatever the shipping was to the buyer. If I don't do that, then I'm trying to get the item back and the cost to sell it again doesn't justify me getting it back. So that's oftentimes what I'll end up doing with a lot of returns, especially from garage sale stuff or thrift store stuff. A lot of it isn't valuable enough for me to really care if it went missing or if somebody stole it from me or whatever. So I just let them end up keeping it whenever they do a return. But for things that aren't like that, for things that you're doing a retail arbitrage find on, things that are more expensive, think like video games, think expensive cameras, uh, expensive pairs of shoes, really anything that that you would pay up for and you would be comfortable paying up for um, and trying to resell, those sorts of items are what I wanna talk about because those are the ones that can concern a lot of people, including myself sometimes, depending on what the item is. Um, It can cause, it can be a cause for concern because if somebody returns the item or they damage the item and then return it, you never know what you could come across. So for myself and for others, um, you know, I think the best kind of bet for people trying to make a good amount of money on eBay and do returns and things like that is to kind of take it one step at a time. I think people oftentimes get really concerned with returns and it's really unnecessary. The reason being most people won't return your items. I This year I've probably done Gosh, I've probably done three to four hundred sales, individual sales, and I think my return rate is like 1.6%. Like, it is so low, it is completely almost irrelevant to the the amount of sales that I've done. And you'll find that when you're selling. You're Unless you're a new seller and you have no idea what you're doing and you blatantly do something wrong, chances are you'll be fine. And even if you are a new seller, 
just be more cautious when you're selling items. Be more cautious when you're packing items. Use a little bit more bubble wrap, a little bit more more packing peanuts and tape, whatever you need to do to make sure the item gets there safely. And that's kind of gonna be what you wanna do starting out. And then as you ease into reselling, you kind of get a better sense of how you can pack and ship things. And that'll cut down on your returns a good bit. You know, if you, if you have a problem where you're getting a lot of returns, it's because items aren't being delivered properly. You may want to take a step back and look at the way that they're being packaged and see if there's a better way that you could package them. And oftentimes you'll find one and it may even use less supplies and materials than you would use before. Um, I've said it before, but YouTube is a great place to learn how to actually package different items. And I think that for most people, it is, it is a, a great resource to look on YouTube and see how different items can be packaged and things like that. Um, for returns though, like I said, 1.6% is what my actual return rate is, something like that. It's super low. And so you're not really going to have to deal with it. And so for myself, that's kind of reassuring because I know that as long as I'm following the proper procedures of how I pack items, how I ship items, making sure I put the right label on the right item, making sure I don't break it or something like that, making sure I put the right pictures and description, just being pretty thorough when you're doing things in the beginning, you cut down on your returns significantly and you really won't have to worry about them. Now, you can do everything that you can do and occasionally you'll still have buyers that aren't satisfied. And whether that be because you they didn't like the item after they bought it or they're just one of those types of people that's never happy with anything. Those buyers will have a return. And the way eBay works is that when you do a return on eBay, you ha the buyer can return it no matter, kind of no matter what. So as a seller, you have the option to turn returns on, to turn returns off. And you can say no returns, but the buyer simply just has to say, hey, this item was not as described and they can make the return anyways. So that's, and that seems kind of chintzy, but I mean, eBay is a platform built on buyer satisfaction and it would be to their detriment and ultimately to our detriment if they were not kind of pleasing the buyers as much as possible. If the buyers aren't happy, they're not gonna come back and you want the buyers to come back. And so that could, that could cause a lot of problems that they weren't doing that. For us though, it's it's kind of a pain because now anybody can return any item even if we said we're not accepting returns. And so that's something that you, you need to be aware of and going, kind of branching off of that, if any item can be returned, I encourage you to just turn returns on. Even if it's paid, even if they're returns that are paid for by the buyer, that is still better than having no returns. And the reason I say that is because either way, the person is either gonna do the return if they want to or they're not. So you really aren't saving yourself anything if you do, uh, if you say, hey, I'm not accepting returns. Like if they wanna return it, they'll, they'll return it. So for me, uh, I realized that doing returns and marking that you are a listing that takes returns does two things for you. One, it makes buyers more at ease with buying your item, which is the same principle that stores use. So if someone is more at ease at buying your item and realizes that they can return it, they're often more likely to buy the item. And then what happens is they buy the item, they like it, or it fits the purpose that they, they have bought it for, and then they don't return it. 
and now the buyer is happy and the seller is happy and that's how a store does their returns and that's oftentimes why you'll see stores like Kohl's and Amazon have such great return policies because you can go to that store and purchase something knowing fully that you are a hundred percent covered if you don't like the item you can go return it they don't ask any questions there's really no no problems with returning anything it's just up to your discretion whether or not you like the item or not and if you weren't happy or you weren't satisfied they take it back and there's no problems with it and so that's why I'm more that's why I like buying from Kohl's that's why I like buying from Amazon that's why I have no problem with walking into a Nike or going online to Nike and buying shoes to resell because I know they're all 100% returnable and what often happens is that I end up selling the shoes or keeping the shirt that I bought or whatever I ended up buying on Amazon you know I often end up keeping that Amazon makes their money and I keep the item and we're both happy and so that's what you're gonna end up running into more often than not what you're going to do is increase your buyers um, comfortability with buying from you which will then make them more likely to make a purchase and from there they will um, they will make that purchase and then from there they will you know they uh, from there, sorry, I'm turning right now, and I have no idea where I'm at. Uh, from there, they'll they'll end up buying your item and probably keeping it. And so, um, and so, what you'll end up coming across more often than not is uh, a lot more satisfaction with your products whenever they purchase, whenever they purchase from you, and they won't end up returning your item, which is, which is a lot better for you and a lot better for them. They get an item that they want. You end up lucking out and making the sale and. It's a win-win for both people. Now, what that the second thing that goes in with that is that buyers are also more likely to see your item when you offer returns. The reason for this being returns spike the e, the eBay algorithm when you turn them on. So if you do returns paid for by the buyer, that is more beneficial to eBay than a an item that says returns that are I need to go over here returns that are from only the that is more beneficial than if you don't offer returns and so what you'll find is that a lot of listings that offer returns will get bumped up a little bit higher in the listings on eBay because they have something that's more beneficial to the buyer and so eBay will eBay will reward you for doing that by letting you list your item and it popping up higher in the search results. Now, the other thing is, so if returns, if allowing returns are better for the buyer and better for you, and they show up higher in the search results, if doing those paid by the buyer bumps you up higher than non-returnable items, then you putting free returns on items makes them pop up in the listings even higher and so that's something that i do a lot and what you'll often find is that a lot of ebay sellers will start off doing no returns and then they'll gradually move into buyer paid returns and then they'll gradually move into free returns and i personally followed that method i except i, I skipped the middle one i just i had made it to a point where i didn't feel uncomfortable with turning returns on and me paying for them most of the stuff I was selling, I would just let the buyer keep if I wasn't comfortable with it. And so I hit a place where I looked at it and said, 
I bet this would jump my sales a lot if I turned on free returns and allowed the buyers to actually return my items. And I don't think that my return rate is going to spike that much because nobody's really tried to return anything anyways. And so what I found is that a lot of my items started selling a little bit faster and a little bit higher priced because the people can buy it from eBay. The, the buyers can buy the item knowing that they are going to fully be covered to return the item for free if they send it back. And so that's something that I that's something that I would encourage you to do if you have the means to do it or you've gotten to a place where you are making a good amount of money on eBay. Turning on free returns is a great way to kind of give your store an extra boost. And what I'll find is when I'm listing items that are either hype items or sneakers or something that I'm trying to move fast, I will turn on free returns, I will do free shipping, and I will change the handling time as low as possible, barring that I can get the item out within that a lot of time. So if it's a pair of sneakers from Nike, I'm gonna set the handling time at five to 10 days, just because that's, that's from the day I buy it, that's the fastest that I can sell an item. But if I have the item in hand, I'll either do next day shipping, or if it's small enough that I can keep it in my car, I'll just do same day shipping, I'll pack it up, and then as soon as it sells on my way home from work, I'll just throw it in the post office and they'll ship it for me. And that's something that'll really spike your sales. Doing the free returns really, really helps because it, they bump you higher up in the eBay search algorithm, allowing you to get seen by more eyes and more people feel more comfortable buying from people that have free returns. I mean, I'm more willing to pay for an item five to $10 more, depending on what it is, even more sometimes if I know that I can return the item if I don't like it. And so that's what a lot of people will do and that's what you'll find a lot of times is that buying items like that and then returning them, most people won't actually follow through with the return because they have no intent to return. They just realize that it's more beneficial to them to actually allow themselves to be able to return an item. So they'll pay up a little bit more for that. You can oftentimes sell your item a little higher and you can sell your item a little faster doing free returns than you would without any returns. So that's something that I would encourage you to try if you've never given it a try. It's just one of those things that if you're not at a place where you can't afford to do free returns and you're buying super expensive items and you can't afford to eat the cost of a $200 shoe if it comes back or or something like that, then it's really not maybe a good time for you to do that because you don't want to find yourself doing free returns and then somebody sends you an item that's worn or used back. I mean, that doesn't ever happen to me. I can think of maybe one or two times that I've had a problem like that and I've made hundreds of transactions. So if you're doing a smaller scale and you're not doing that many items, you're probably not gonna have anybody scam you. It's just the what ifs and when you're starting out, I would rather you not get discouraged and rather you make a little less sales but not have a problem of somebody kinda trying to jip you. So it makes more sense to kinda leave the returns as buyer paid or as off just because you don't wanna end up dealing with um, you know, having to pay for that item and all that kind of stuff. So that's just something that I, I that's just kind of my thoughts on it. But, um, you know, returns in themselves are kind of, kind of difficult to deal with if you've never done them before. And it's because they're kind of nerve wracking, depending on what the item is, depending on how the buyer reaches out to you. I've had buyers reach out to me all different ways and from all different sorts of angles on things. Some have said that I've lied. Some have said that they didn't like the item. Some have said I found a better price. And you'll get all of these different return things. What what I find most often is a person reaches out to me and says, "Hey, I'm not satisfied with this item. Um, 
maybe there I think that there's a piece missing or something like that or maybe they say hey I don't think that this teddy bear is as tall as you said it was that actually happened to me once and the first thing I do is I make sure and respond to that email now if it's something stupid like hey you know I think you broke this you can always ask for pictures and that's what I encourage you to do get as much information from the get as possible before you start trying to deal with the buyer and trying to make a, a return or anything like that because oftentimes if they say something broke there could be a chance that they aren't telling the truth and they just wanted the item for free or maybe it completely shattered in the box and you didn't send it that way but the pictures they send you can be used whenever you file the claim with the post office to get your money so for the insurance that they give you on priority mail so I would try and get information from them. Oftentimes what, what ends up happening is they don't even say anything. So like I had a buyer reach out to me the other day and they said, hey, I think that you're missing two pieces from this. I personally don't believe that there's anything missing because it was a brand new item, but they said that it was and I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. You are more than welcome to return the item. Uh, just send it back to me and I would be happy to accept the return. And they didn't do anything. They didn't send anything back to me. They didn't respond and so I don't know really what their angle was or what they were trying to do, but they didn't say anything to me and they didn't try and return the item, so I didn't have any problems with it. And so that's what you'll find a lot of times. People are just, people are just, I don't know, they're a little bit whack sometimes and they're just, they either want to try and get the item for free or they genuinely weren't happy with it. But sometimes those returns will fizzle out and you won't even have to deal with them. Now, if you have a buyer that does contact you and wants to make a return, try and appease them. I mean. If you're trying to grow a business here, the number one thing is that you want to keep the buyer happy and you want to operate like Amazon does, even though you can't operate at the same scale or with the same margins they do. But it's still good to keep the buyer at the at ha at their happiest point, not trying to upset them. You never want to accuse them of anything or uh, accuse them of breaking something or lying about something. Just be kind and courteous ask them what's happening, ask them what they what they found with the object and that kind of a thing. If they want to go through with the return, then you have to accept the return. And that's that's just how it goes. And they'll file one with eBay. You don't really have to do anything. Um, but I guess if you have returns turned off and the buyer wants to make a return because they weren't they found a better price or something like that, then then you have the option to to not take that return if you have returns turned off. And so for me, I never really used that because I didn't have to run into that too much. But if you sold something and you know you sold a pair of shoes and you made a lot of money on those shoes, and the buyer comes back and says, "I found a better price," you know, a week later or something like that, and wants to return them. Well, of course they're going to find a better price a week later. Somebody's been sitting on these shoes for a week, doesn't know what to do with them, and is afraid that they're going to lose out on the money, so they sold them cheaper than you did when the when the buyer first bought them, and so. With those sorts of things, I just don't accept those. I usually say no, unless they have a valid reason, I just say no. I'm not really sure what happens. I've never had a problem with it. I've never had somebody give me a bad feedback because of it. Um, so you can you could do that, and that's one benefit of having returns turned off, but outside of that, you don't really have too much choice if they wanna make the return. So they'll make the return, and you can either choose, you click, I think you click like accept return, and then It'll give you a whole bunch of options. You can either refund the buyer fully, you can send them a shipping label, which it just means that eBay generates a shipping label, sends it to them, and they put it on their package. Um, you can 
refund them partially, which the buyer has to agree to, where they keep the item and you refund them a partial amount, and then the buyer gets that option to keep that item and take that partial amount, or say, no, I actually want to return the item. And then you can just get let them keep the item and have them um, and refund them fully, which is what I typically end up doing for lower price items, just because I don't need it that bad. I'm not going to make any money on it if they send it back. So if I'm going to break even if they send it back, it's really not worth my time just messing around with it. So um, that's kind of what I do with returns. I'll try and I'll try and weigh out the costs of taking the return versus not, and then from there. I'll decide whether or not I want to let the buyer make the return or not. But um, returns are, are, are huge, and they're, they're something that you're going to have to deal with in any sort of selling business. Um, I can't really say enough how how um, how disappointing they can be, yet they're something that you know everybody deals with. You can't feel bad if you have a return or anything like that. Um, it's just it's kind of part of the business. So. Um, with that being said, I think I think I've covered returns a good amount. Um, I can't really think of too much else that would go in with them um, that you would have to think about or anything like that. Oh, one last thing: if they make a return and it comes back to you, you have one day to to send them their money back. If not, eBay has to step in, step in in quotes, and basically the buyer files a case that they haven't gotten their money back, and then eBay steps in and sends them their money back. And either way, they're getting their money back, so you may not think that's a big deal, but it puts a ding on your seller account. So if you're a top-rated seller, you can lose your top-rated seller account if you if you end up not if you get too many of those dings on your account. It'll actually cause you to lose your top-rated seller account. And with a top-rated seller account, you can get all these sorts of different things, like a lower a lower rate whenever you sell on eBay that they take from you, and better shipping prices and stuff like that. So it's really worth your time to have a, a top-rated seller account if you can have one. Um, you just have to have 100 transactions and a couple other things. Uh, I think you may have to have a certain feedback. I'm not sure, but um, you just have to have a certain amount of criteria and then you become a top-rated seller on eBay. And so that is something that I don't think a lot of people realize is that they could hurt themselves by not sending the buyer their money back in a timely manner and having eBay do it. Um, and top-rated sellers are protected by eBay, where if you offer returns by, by, like if you offer returns and you put a return policy in your actual listing, I guess that's another thing. If you were gonna make a listing that accepts returns, put a return policy in there. It doesn't have to be anything super huge, but mine just says items are returnable by the buyer as long as they're in the same condition as they were bought. And then if it's new, I say same new unopened condition, same new unworn condition as when they were bought. Um, if the buyer is, if the item has been worn or used or opened, then the item is not returnable. And at least that's a policy that eBay can look at. And so if you have that in your listing, the buyer returns an item that's been used and it was new and you say that, they'll give you up to 50% back on the actual sale price of the item compensate you for losing out on the value of it being opened and they'll cover your shipping costs and everything so it's a really nice perk if you're a top rated seller making sure that you offer returns because it'll help you out in the long run and make you some money or at least help you keep some money that you would have lost due to a return so this is one way that i think you can have ebay watch out for you a little bit which is nice so um yeah i'm gonna go right now i think that that's been enough 
Uh, sorry for all the, the different the different times I kind of cut out there, but uh, I'm trying to kind of navigate through Pittsburgh right now and get home, and it's not really an easy task trying to do that and podcast at the same time and follow the GPS. So uh, I, I kind of appreciate you bearing with me through that, but um, I think I'm going to go and I'm going to get a little bit more of my drive done and then get home. But you guys definitely think about that. Um, if there's anything that I can help you with, reach out to me on Instagram, find me on Twitter, um, and I'll help you as much as I can. But for now, have a good weekend. Kind of chill out, relax, and stay safe, stay healthy. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.